Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. I'm so grateful to those of you who continue to tune in every week with us on this podcast. I wouldn't be doing this without all of you. And also, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm so glad you're here. On this show every week, if you haven't joined us before, we dig deep into a topic that many of us feel uncomfortable about a topic highly stigmatized in our society, and a topic that triggers even those of us who have gone through it and are well on the other side. And that is the topic of divorce. And if you've been following me for a while and listening to my show, you will know how truly passionate I am about changing the experience of divorce. Because I believe that changing the experience of divorce is a movement And you don't have to be going through divorce yourself to be supportive of this movement, because I would bet that you know someone who has, who is, or who will go through divorce at some point in their life. And this show is for all of them. I truly believe that if we can get more education, more resources, and better professionals in front of you, those of you going through a really tough time, whether it be divorce or any major life transition, and give you tools to help you empower yourself and navigate these tough times, we can do it all in a better and different way. And I believe if we do this, that if we prepare ourselves, prepare our children, plan, and normalize these conversations, we can truly start to eradicate the stigma and shame that society holds so firmly around divorce. And if we really start to dig into this together, I believe that the entire foundation of our marriages and our relationships for ourselves, and even that of our children as they grow up to be adults, can truly start to change. Because the movement to change the experience of divorce isn't bigger than us. It is us. When parents divorce, it is difficult on the whole family, and it can especially be tough on kids. I mean, I know it. I had two small children when I went through mine. And they have to deal with a big upheaval of their lives. They have to get used to the new reality of their day-to-day living. And it's not easy. For teens, divorce can be particularly hard. Since teens are more capable and independent, sometimes us as parents lean on them to help out, maybe with younger siblings or handling more of the responsibilities around the house during or after divorce when you feel kind of like you're single-handed. Some parents even inappropriately vent to their kids or rely on them to be messengers between them and the other parent because they believe that teenagers can handle that type of responsibility because they're older. And even though teens may be more emotionally savvy than their younger siblings, they're still not adult peers. They need support from their parents and to learn how to cope after divorce too. The most significant predictor of how teens will do after a divorce depends really on how well their parents get along. Researchers have found that conflict between divorced parents increases so many different types of risks that kids will face. Specifically, parental contention, that conflict, can truly lead to a child's fear of abandonment 
which can lead to a lot of other internal self-esteem mental health issues along the way. Even when divorce is amicable, it's natural for teens to grieve the loss of their family life. So expect to see your teen experience a wide variety of emotions, ranging from anger to sadness to avoidance and indifference as they're trying to figure it all out. Let them know that it's healthy to share those feelings, but make it clear too that it's important for them to express them in a healthy manner. Be prepared for increased emotional and behavioral turmoil as they struggle to adapt or rebel against the new changes in their lives, which remember, they did not choose. Make it clear to your teen that you're there for them, that you love them unconditionally, and that no matter what, you are going to do whatever it takes to keep them safe and help them make healthy choices. So how do you help your teenager navigate these stormy waters when you are in the thick of it yourself? So today we're going to dive into this. I'd like to introduce you to a very special guest, Tessa Spence. Tessa was 13 when her parents announced their divorce. And although very hard for her, she now looks back and sees opportunities that it gave her to intentionally build a life that she loves. And because of her own firsthand experience, Tessa is on a mission to help all teens thrive through their parents' divorce. That's a big mission, and she's going to do it. Tessa, Tessa led and built a team of professional therapists and certified school teachers to help develop a program called She Calls Teens Thriving Through. It helps teens leverage the adversity of their parents' divorce as a catalyst to greater growth, potential, and happiness. And I am so excited that you're here, you're here Tessa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here. I love what you're doing. Um, really just you redefining divorce um, is just something I'm so passionate about. Like I love the voice that you have in this space and I'm so grateful that you're kind of giving me the opportunity to share in, in that too. Yes. And I, I love that we're working towards this as well. Like it's one thing to be redefining divorce, but the whole experience, because it's so multi-leveled, right. And it affects so many people in our lives, especially our people closest to us, like our kids, the mm -hmm. impact that it can have. And truly like, you're right. We're all about redefining the experience because if we can change how we do it, we can change how our kids show up in their lives and respond to it and are affected by it later. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, exactly. you're walking proof of that. <laughs> Thank you. I think that you're spot on. Um, I, the, if you look at the stats, like you always hear the stats of children of divorce and teens of divorce um, and what their lives kind of look like after. But I really do believe if we can change and empower people with learning resources, tools, then it doesn't need to be that horrible traumatic experience. It can be something that strengthens them and builds them. It's, it's an opportunity. And I really do believe so much in these teens and the amazing lives that they can live, even if there are, even if their parents are divorced, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's huge. I think teenagers specifically need a certain amount of support. You know, when the kids are small, not to say it's easy, because I think at any stage it can be really difficult and traumatizing for kids. And I see a lot of parents, you know, thinking, okay, we're going to wait, you know, wait until our kids are older so they can handle the divorce a bit better. 
But I don't know. I think there's a catch 22 with that because when they're smaller, they don't remember as much as the process of the process. And they're much, I don't know, they're adaptable. Their brain hasn't quite developed to really Mm -hmm. comprehend what's going on on that higher level where Mm -hmm. teens can process this. They can take mm-hmm. it more personally. They can really start to look at this from, from a different lens. And I think sometimes us as parents don't realize what this truly means for them and that it's it's different for a teenager than it is for a younger child. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have, so I have four siblings that we were all kind of in the divorce together in our ages range. So I had a little brother who was Five, but I also had an older sister who was married and out of the house and all of our experiences were different. So definitely the ages that you're at, it's going to be a different experience. My brother who was five, I feel like it was a lot easier for him, especially as we started blending our family and stepmom and stepdad came in the picture, step siblings. Um, like we added 10 step siblings to our family between my stepmom and my stepdad. Wow. Um, and just navigating that, um, I do, I can see how the children are more like, that's kind of what they know, you know, mm. it's, it's almost like normal for them, but I definitely think that teens have a great opportunity because yeah, it is going to be a huge change for them, especially if, you know, their parents, like my parents have been together for 25 years. Um, And so you are a little bit older and all of a sudden, like your whole life is just flipped up everything that you know about, you know, your routines, your schedules, like where you live, um, everything's kind of structured and then everything gets flipped around. Um, So I, it definitely makes a huge impact on the teens, but at the same time, something that, again, I'm really passionate about sharing with teens thriving through and with this whole mission is that there's actually a huge opportunity. Um, Whereas, although it's great that, you know, younger children can adapt um, and kind of grow up with what they know, um, teens actually have this amazing opportunity where they can learn so much through this whole process that'll equip them to be way more prepared for everything else life is going to bring them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way, the way I see it is all of us, every single one of us at one point or another in life is going to find out that we, there are things about life we can't control, you know, and our parents getting divorced, like that's a big change that we really don't necessarily have a say control or choice over, but in my experience, as we focus on the things that we do have control over, so our attitude, our perspective, um, our day-to-day choices of how we're going to interact in those circumstances, it's so empowering. Like you actually recognize, you know what? It doesn't matter what my circumstances look like. I actually do have control over my happiness. Right. And, and so when I am working with these teens and talking to these teens, something that's so incredible is they're actually being given this opportunity to learn while they're still in the, like in your care, you know, um, they get to learn these huge life lessons that it takes some people their whole lives to learn, mm-hmm. to learn how to 
keep control over their happiness and not have it be so dependent on this perfect structure of their life, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be able to have that epiphany, you know, for yourself, especially at a young age, like that definitely takes a very mature mindset, first of all, and some serious mindset shifting. So tell us a bit of how, how this experience was for you as a teenager going through your parents' divorce, you know, what did that look like for you? How did it show up? How were, did you grieve that process? And then when did you know that you had to change how you saw this? Yeah. So my, yeah, as you said, my parents announced their divorce when I was 13 and it was so devastating. Mm -hmm. Like I was crushed. It wasn't just this easy thing that I like thrived from the beginning. It was so hard. I remember when they first like sat us down and told us, I remember, I, I don't think I even talked to my parents for like, it probably wasn't that long. I think it was like a day or two, but like, I just, I like couldn't, I, I just needed to process it, um, which I will just kind of say as a side note that that is probably it's best to just expect that. And don't I would hate for parents to feel so overwhelmed if just those first initial moments, if they think that's going to determine the rest of their relationship with their child, um, but right. they need to grieve and and they're going to have those moments. So don't be so worried that that's going to determine everything. But I was, I was really shaken up by it. I was devastated. I was so worried. I think there was a lot of fear too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, when you're a teenager, you're older. So I had actually already had friends and peers that I knew their parents were divorced. And I saw the impact it was having on their lives, like things they couldn't do, could do, or, um, just, just seeing how it changed even my friends, like at school and you're old enough to recognize and see these things. So I think there was a lot of fear of, Oh, like, what is this going to mean? Not even just for my parents, but like, what is this going to mean for me and like my future? And like, Oh, am I going to fall into those stats? Like you're again, as teenagers, you, you do kind of know you're not stupid, you know? And so you, you kind of have heard and seen how the, these like different effects and you're like, Oh, like, am, am I, like, is my future ruined? Like, am I just like destined to, you know, either have future bad relationship relationships myself? Like, is these, is these, is this going to be like a childhood trauma I carry on the rest of my life? Yeah. Cause um, you see all those stats, right? Like are you researching it and it says all the risks associated with teenagers going through divorce, you know, d- drug abuse and fall, you know, bad grades or failing at a school or all this delinquent behavior. And it's literally like every website you look at, the negative impacts that it will have. And I guess if that's what you're feeding yourself as, oh, this is what I guess I'm supposed to be experiencing. Mm -hmm. My parents got divorced. Exactly. And I I actually think it goes so perfectly with what you're trying to do is to change the stigma behind it because people who maybe haven't even had a chance to research it, they just assume, like, I feel like there is this stigma of, oh, your parents got divorced. Well, good luck. You're going to have a lot harder time in school. You're going to have a lot harder time in your future relationships. Like there is a stigma that I think it's so amazing that what you're doing is trying to change that stigma. Um, But yeah, so there was a lot of fear. I would say fear was a huge part of it too. 
um, and just kind of trying to so much unknown, like, okay, what, what is this going to look like? And, and is it going to be, am I going to be hopping houses now? And what it like, what does this mean? You know, mm-hmm. um, how'd that make and, you feel back then? I, yeah, I was scared. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't really know anything that like any specifics about really why they were getting divorced and what was going on. Um, and so I was just kind of thinking like, what and then you start thinking about like are like how soon are they going to start dating like even if they're not even thinking about it your teen and like your children like they your teens especially I don't know about like younger kids but your teens specifically they are going to start thinking of all the things you know mm-hmm. and so then you just start wondering like oh am, am I gonna all this like all of a sudden have a new mom or dad and am I gonna have other siblings and you just start thinking like what like my entire life is going to be hundred percent different. Like it's and just so, filing it out of control for you. Right. Yeah. And it's so scary, overwhelming. That's a, yeah, that's exactly how I felt at the beginning. Um, and then as we kind of continued, there was just more fear, like with our personal story, just like quickly um, there was like a few moments where things came out as my parents were going to therapy that like CPS ended up getting called there. That was a whole scary situation. Um, it's yeah, it's a lot. Of, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a roller coaster. Um, but then we needed to go to like, we had court appointed therapy. So as okay. part of the divorce, we were, we needed to go to therapy and I did not like going to therapy at all. I, yeah, what 13 year old does, <laughs> I, you know, I hated it. Um, and we even went to several different ones. Like it wasn't just one, like we went to several different therapists and I feel like my overall experience was either some of them were just so focused on, okay, well, well you're a child and you don't need to like no, like almost trying to baby me too much when, when you're a teen, you actually like, yes, that is good to keep in mind. Like you shouldn't be putting all of the adult problems on a teen. Like I get that. But if your teen, like the way I see it is if your teen has a question, there is a way to go about that question without putting all the emotion and the whole story into it. But at least helping them know because if they're old enough to ask the question most like and you know your teen best but they they don't want to just be completely in the dark even though their whole life is changing you know mm-hmm. they they need to have some kind of like honesty with them mm-hmm. um and obviously be sensitive to your teen you know them best and like recognize how much is too much and keeping those answers really simple and trying to detach a ton of emotion from those answers. Um, But I just felt like in a lot of ways when I was going to therapy, it was just trying to, I I either felt almost like just too childish when you're a teen, you know, you want to, you want to like know what's going on in your life. Or I felt like they were, trying so hard for me to mend the relationships with specifically like my dad had been removed from the picture. Um, and I wasn't ready to 
fully trust my dad Mm -hmm. again. And I felt like one of their main goals was to just normalize the relationships with both. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed more time. Um, And anyway, and so there was just several reasons, like then there was more too, but we just went to several different ones and it was just so hard. Um, And so then I just started really thinking about this whole experience really on my own and just I started watching, I just started like (laughs) looking and watching like my friends and their families and my, like the peers and just started learning. I was like, okay, I need to figure out what, what do I want my life to look like? And I remember one day it hit me because again, I was so afraid of those stats, those like, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like about what my life was going to like look like. And, and I just saw it spiraling out of control, but I was like, there has to be something that I can do. Um, and it hit me one day, wait, if all the stats are about like, you know, teens dropping out of school or, you know, going to jail or getting divorced themselves or whatever, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because those are all things that I'd have to choose. It's not like my parents are going to make me drop out of school. They're not going to make me get into drugs and, you know, get divorced. Like that would be hundred percent on me if I did that. And for some reason, that epiphany completely changed everything for me. I was like, wait, so I actually have control over myself and my future. And so although it might look like my life is spiraling out of control right now, there is actually something that I can do. Like there is something I can do about this. And it doesn't just automatically mean that everything is over for me. Um, and wow. that one epiphany seriously set the path for the rest of my life. And it was the most empowering, peace-giving, just truth that I really, really needed. Wow. I have 13 to be able to come to that epiphany that you are in the driver's seat of your life. You know, yeah. like most adults are just realizing that now I'm in my forties. I think I'm just <laughs> getting that. <laughs> but well, I will say like, that's big. Sorry, I was going to say my parents' divorce did last for two years. Like it was a really lengthy like divorce, so mm-hmm. it might have been closer to like fifty. Okay. Like it wasn't auto- <laughs> it wasn't automatic, <laughs> but it was definitely like still while I was in the thick of it for sure. Wow. So do you what? How did your parents show up for you during that time? Because it sounds like with you know the court appointed therapy, your dad being removed from the system, like without sharing the. all of your dirty laundry, like your parents must have had a very high conflict situation. So how did you feel supported during this time? And were you exposed to a lot of that conflict as a young person? And how did you navigate that? Yeah. So, I mean, my mom was really my biggest support system because my dad wasn't really part of the picture. Um, We did have like supervised visits with him once a week. Um, But even that, I would say, for several years, I wasn't really like ready. Um, now I do have a good relationship with him, but for those first, I would say several years, I really wasn't ready for that relationship. So my support really did come from my mom. Um, and I am so grateful because she was very honest, um, but never, it was very, um, it was honest but without being like using us to dump 
all of her Mm. feelings and emotions on us. Cause I really do think that as much as like teens probably think like, Oh, well I can, you know, I'm big, I'm strong. I can handle it. You know, there really is so much that, you know, we do need to be mindful that, yeah, they are teens. They're not going to understand everything. And I'm grateful that although I wasn't ready to work on that relationship with my dad, my mom didn't necessarily make it worse. It's not like she was like singing his praises or anything. Like she wasn't saying like, she wasn't like lying to us. She wasn't saying amazing things about him either, but she wasn't, she was just very patient. Like she would, and if we asked questions, she was very honest, um, which I, I felt like it made me feel more secure. It made me feel more safe that although, yeah, there might be a lot I, I didn't know that she would be willing to share with me if it, if it was important to me, like if I had the question, um, and I just feel like the way she navigated that, like that perfect balance of honesty and inclusion, but also not like putting the weight on me Mm -hmm. was just this perfect balance that I really felt like I needed. Cause I think if she would have completely left me in the dark of like, Oh, I'm, we're not going to talk about it. Or if she put too much and she was like venting towards Mm -hmm. me and everything, I feel like it would have just been like detrimental to my growth and healing. Um, So it was just a good balance. Wow. It sounds like she was very almost neutral. You know, it's like she wasn't bad mouthing your dad yet. She wasn't singing his praises, but just allowing you space to say, Hey, I'm trying to understand what happened. She's Mm -hmm. sharing with you an an age appropriate level of information, which some parents don't really know where that line is necessarily drawn, but it's more about allowing you the safe space to express how you feel. And that's okay. And you can be pissed off and you can be hurt and you can be angry and you don't want to, you know, engage in this. And that's totally okay because you come around. And I think that you're hitting it on the head when you're saying, we'll, we'll get into this after the, after the break, but how therapy approaches teens. I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I have a 13 year old and, you know, he was eight when we went through divorce, nine, I think. Um, And just his way that he was dealing with therapy is definitely, I wouldn't say effective, it's necessary, but because I don't know, as a, as a parent, I didn't really know else what there, what else there would be to do for him and even my daughter. But I think that emotional safe space for them to be able to just share, but also not feel like they've been pulled in either way. Like I need to be on mom's team or I need to be on dad's team, or I have this loyalty bind that I'm trying to get through and figure out like whose side am I on here and whose side is, you know, should I be taking? Mm-hmm. I think that is super powerful. And I want to get into that right after this break. So hang on tight and we'll be right back. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Are you feeling unsure in your marriage, but afraid to have that tough conversation with your significant other? Listen in to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with host Cindy Stibbard. Cindy will have those raw, candid conversations with her guests that can help offer insight in how to move forward in your marriage. Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. If you have a question for Cindy or her guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here is Cindy Stibbard. Welcome back to Divorce Redefined. I am here talking with my special guest, Tessa Spence. Tessa was 13 when her parents announced their divorce, and it was really hard on her as a teen. And I think that we forget the impact that divorce can have on teenagers and that their emotional needs might be a little bit different than our small children and even our adult children. And sometimes we don't know how to help them through that time. And right before their break, we were talking about how Tessa, you felt that your mom really provided you that really safe space to just be you and not have to choose sides between parents because we do see that a lot. And especially when the divorce is high conflict and one parent has been really hurt and betrayed perhaps by the other, they want to surround themselves with the kids so that they feel like I'm validated to sit in my pain and my anger and my resentment. And the kids also are are validating this for me too, because they are also mad and angry. And so it kind of gives this whole like melting pot of negative energy, which puts walls up for, you know, development of the relationship with the other parent. And so I like that, you know, you're saying that your mom did a good job of not doing that, but she also didn't force a relationship on you either with the other parent. And I think as teenagers, and I want us to talk about this a bit more too, a lot of parents get worried that let's say they're angry with dad or mom for leaving the marriage or whatever it is. And they try to force this relationship. You have to go talk to them. You have to figure this out. And the, and the other parent you know, is getting reprimanded by the one parent saying, you need to show up more. You need to reach out. You need to call. And sometimes I feel like the teenager just needs space to breathe. And by giving them that space, maybe you're just opening the opportunity for them to come back around eventually. Like, how did Mm -hmm. you feel? Because you said you needed time. And I'm, God, of course you needed time to process Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I am grateful that she did give me that space. And, you know, I I honestly feel bad for parents because we, like, we tell parents, and, and I even encourage parents to not you know, dump all of their emotional, like everything that they're feeling on their teens. But I feel bad because as the teen, that's exactly what I was doing with my mom. Like I wasn't ready for a relationship with my dad again. And she heard several times I would come and just, you know, just be so frustrated by the choices he had made and the things that he had done. Um, But what I'm grateful that she she would listen to me and she never made me feel bad for um, venting. 
And, but she just really did try to just maintain just that, be just be that listening ear. Mm -hmm. And whereas she could have, I mean, she could have just jumped right in and (laughs) continued with all of her venting and all like everything that she felt about him too. But I'm so grateful that she didn't. I'm Mm -hmm. grateful that she, in those moments, she was there as my friend, as my support, rather than flipping it and being like, oh yeah, now like, and this is everything that I feel. And like, you know, she, she just put herself as that support and that like in that role for me, which again, I, my heart just goes out to all of you parents. Cause it must be so hard when we're telling you, you know, don't, but don't put all that emotion on your teen. But then you know that they are going to have those moments where they will probably put, be putting all their emotion on you. Um, but to as much as you can to just stay strong and neutral and listen. Um, but yeah, it, did, it did take me several years to get to that point where I could like really heal and forgive and create that relationship with my dad again. Yeah. And what, what was the turning point for you there after taking that time to really process this and come to your own conclusions? Like what was that turning point where you wanted to now start to have a relationship with him again? Uh, for me, it actually came more just from releasing him of the expectations of being what I thought a father should be. Um, as soon as I And honestly, for me, this might look different for everyone. For me personally, like I discovered like that role of a father in God, which it might look different for other people, but I just started receiving the the needs that I had to be like loved, provided for, protected. Like I actually really latched on to God more and he kind of took over that father role in my life. Um, and, but what was so cool was in that process, it actually helped me completely release my dad of the expectations to be a father in my life. And so now when I say I have a relationship with him, it actually is a good relationship. Like I, I honestly do not feel any of that anger or resentment towards anything that happened in the past. Um, but it's because our relationship is different. Like I wouldn't say that we have a father daughter relationship. Like there's boundaries there that have been set. Um, like I would say our relationship honestly feels more like an uncle where it's like, Oh yeah, I I love my uncle. He's great. But it's not this, you know, real, Oh, I rely on him. Like I look up, I look to him to be this role in my life. And, but I think that although it might look different, the process for everyone I do think the principle is there is that sometimes you have to just release that person of those expectations you're holding them on so that they can, they can be a, they can take a different part in your life. It's more, it's just a different role. Totally. Oh my God. I feel like you are speaking my life right now. I know what happened to you when you were 13, but I feel the same thing happened to me. I was 21. My dad left my mom and the way he left really pissed me off. So, I mean, it goes to show you that you can still be an older, young, a young adult and still be mad. (laughs) And I didn't speak to him for five years because I was so angry about how he handled it. 
But when I realized that this wasn't mine to carry anymore, you know, like my Mm -hmm. life was changing. I was growing up. I was getting married and I still hadn't talked to him. And I was like, okay, do I really want to hold this? Because I think I'm the only one holding this. You know what I mean? Like at what point am I just going to like, let it, let it go, release it, forgive him. Because also I couldn't judge their marriage. I wasn't in that. I mean, I was a child of it, but I can't say what was going on for my parents and who did what wrong. I'm sure they both did. We all do in relationships. Mm -hmm. And that moment, I mean, I had a heart to heart with him if you had a heart to heart with your dad, but I really just like let it all out there and kind of let him have it. And we both had a cry. And then it was almost like, okay, I'm releasing that. I'm releasing those expectations of who I think you should be in my life versus Mm -hmm. who you are. And I am totally okay with who you are. And I'm going to accept you and love you as you, as that. Yeah. And it really is so embarrassing. It's so empowering. Sorry, excuse me. It's so empowering that you can do that. Like that, again, that's, that's something that you can control. Um, And that's why I'm so, I really see that these teens have such an opportunity. And sometimes it makes me sad when I just see people so worried when I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like you act like your teens actually have this amazing opportunity to learn huge life lessons because of this experience and like let's leverage this you know so they can I mean you learn forgiveness as a teen you have to you know still function in this situation that you didn't choose and learning to forgive that's another one like us talking about forgiveness right now forgiveness is a huge thing that it takes people decades like years of their life to learn but these teens are they have an opportunity to like learn how to love, how to forgive. Um, Cause these are their parents, you know, they, these are people that they love. It's just a not great situation. And I love what you said about just once you were able to separate, okay, this is what I expect you to be in my life versus this is who you are. It helps you to embrace where they're at. And helps you happy because forgiveness, oh. I mean, we we really need, in order for us to maintain control over our happiness, we have to learn the skill of forgiveness. It's oh, so huge. Time. It is so empowering to ourselves. You know, we think, well, they yeah. don't, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Well, you know who deserves your forgiveness? You, you <laughs> deserve can. that. You deserve to let that go and to forgive because the moment you do, honestly, and I, I held on to that for so long, five years with my dad and even with my ex-husband going through a divorce, when I was finally able to like release that and release that pain, like so much weight is lifted off you. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about how you flip this switch for teens, because even their developmental stage, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes for them to think on that a bit of a higher level, right? Almost like think outside yourself and how can we see the silver lining in what's a really difficult time? Because a lot of people can't see uh, opportunity in a really Mm -hmm. dark time. So Mm -hmm. how do you take them through that and really try to flip that perspective for them? Yeah. So, I mean, it really comes back to just how we structured our program. So I actually noticed when I was in college. So again, I was out of the house at this time. I was older. Um, While I was in college, I started recognizing more and more that, whoa, my parents' divorce was 
a huge blessing in my life because I was, I started recognizing, oh my goodness, my peers are really struggling with dating. They're really struggling with all these things. Whereas I feel like my parents' divorce taught me so much that was helping me with all these different aspects of my life. And so that's when I started realizing like, okay, I, I'm like living this great life. Like things are going great because of my parents' divorce. And like more people need to know about this. Like more people need to know that actually doesn't have to be this horrible thing for the children and for the teens. So I started um, meeting with, I actually went to, even though I wasn't in that program, I wasn't one of those students. I went to the professors that were over like the marriage and family uh, therapy department and the psychology department and the social work department. And I started meeting with those professors and showing up at their office hours. And I started telling them my story. And I was like, am, am I crazy that like, do, like therapy isn't the thing that helped me. It was actually just like these different learning experiences. And I started telling them like the different learning experiences I had, the different epiphanies I had and, and the context that they came in. And as I met with these different you know, professors who were also practicing, you know, therapists and psychologists, they were, they started actually like validating me. They were like, you know, therapy, most therapists are trained to work with adults, like talk therapy, they're trained to work with adults. And so there's actually been studies done that if you try to use that same education and that same training that these therapists are receiving to help adults, if you start trying to use that for teens, it's actually not going to work because their physiological development is different. And I was like, wow, this is so fascinating. So as I started kind of networking with them and like, they actually were like, yeah, maybe there is something different that needs to be done. Cause most people just see, Oh, well, the only way to help your teen is to, sign them up with a therapist like what else else do you do exactly and so we all kind of sit down we like we built this team we're like okay what do teens actually need like based on who they are their brain development their social development like what would actually help teens best and we realized that it's it's actually what's happening is and for some for some teens maybe therapy is great especially like if they if they need medication, like let's say they're at the point where like they're actually like needing medication, obviously they're, they need that from a therapist. Um, but for most teens, there's a completely different approach that they need rather than, because what we saw happening is that the teens who were going to, to therapy, yeah, they were surviving their parents' divorce and a good therapist would help them at least emotionally navigate the divorce. At least mm-hmm. they wouldn't, you know, fall into the stats, which is good. Obviously, a lot of parents who are worried about their kids, that's great. That's great for them. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm so happy that they were able to emotionally navigate and survive the trauma I thought I was putting them through. But then we got curious and we're like, but but what if we could help other teens learn and take advantage of this opportunity to prepare them to be stronger, like better adults, you know, in their future. Mm -hmm. And so we created this program where it leverages these things. So for example, like one thing that teens need is 
they need positive social interaction with their peers. Like it is totally normal and part of their literal brain and hormonal development for them to want peers, to want to like, to like see their peers, um, be accepted by their peers, have those interactions. And so we were like, okay, well, what can we do to leverage that um, in a positive structured way where it's uplifting and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought, well, what if we created this program where teens can be empowered and learn rather than focusing like, okay, t- like tell me about your feelings and walk, like going through this talk therapy with just another adult. What if they could be inspired by these ideas of how empowered they are? Because they also want independence. Mm-hmm. They want independence. They want to discover who they who they are. Um, when you're a teen, that is like the time in your life you are thinking about your identity and who you are the most. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, so what if rather than focusing on just surviving the parents' divorce, what if we taught them that this was a strength, and we like taught them and helped them understand? No, you you are strong because of this. Like you, this is an advantage. This is an advantage and opportunity that you have. So like, let's give you tools to like leverage that, empower them. Cause a teen rather than like feeling worried about, Oh, like, what is this going to mean for me? If they can hear that this can actually be a positive thing in their identity that they can. And it, and it is, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many other people in their situation that they can have an influence. They can have an impact. And so then once they go through um, our program, so I'll just kind of tell you, after they go through our program, they enter into this community of peers that have already graduated the course. So already have Mm -hmm. these um, tools and strategies of how this is an opportunity and advantage. Um, And then they actually work with one another to like leverage those tools and strategies for basic everyday things. And they get to learn and be inspired by one another of, hey, this is how I use this principle like today or in this week. Um, And it's amazing because then it's putting them in these positive situations with their peers where they can have an opportunity to lead. They can have an opportunity to teach and inspire and recognize that hardships don't have to be something that destroy you. They can actually give you an opportunity to give back and to serve and be and like to give value to community and society. And that's what we, I totally, like, I believe hundred percent so much in these teens and these children are divorced that they could honestly be exactly what the world needs because they, I don't know, they're just so incredible. Mm -hmm. And if they can bring that love, that forgiveness, that, um, confidence into the world and into society, they could change the world, you know, a hundred percent. And just the way that we go through all of this, if you can shift that mindset that early, Mm -hmm. because that's really where it starts. Like to be able to see from, this is a shitty situation. I can't stand it. My life is over. I hate my parents. I, I, you know, I'm going to be a high school dropout to wait a second. I get to choose that. If I -hmm. get to choose my success, I get to choose my path. And that is huge. And to be able to, to condition that at a younger age, you know, we are literally rewiring our brain at that point. You yeah. Know? 
And when you said that you learned so much and that you started to see the strengths and the positives from your parents' divorce for you, what did that look like for you? What were those strengths that you said, hey, actually, these are the positives that I've learned taken from this? Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so many. So I'll just like try to list a few, but (laughs) um, I would say at first, because I was like in college that, that time of my life, I would say that I felt like I knew exactly what I wanted. Like I was more um, like I saw my roommates and like my friends just like, just focusing so much on like, oh, like, you know, this place can be attention or like, oh, I'm like lonely. So I'm just going to jump into this like relationship. I felt like I was like, you know, I've actually, although it wasn't my divorce, I had already lived through a divorce. Like I was like, oh, I've already been divorced. <laughs> Even though it technically wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've already done that. So like, I'm actually going to be like really intentional and I did have so much fun. Like I had so much fun in college, but it wasn't in the context of, you know, I'm going to be getting into these like really deep, bad relationships that I don't want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I felt like it gave me confidence. Like I knew exactly who I was. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I didn't want. Um, And I knew how much intention has to be put into those situations. Um, And so I just, saw like, okay, wow, this is an opportunity. And that's just one. But I mean, others are, again, things that we've kind of talked about. Like, I feel like it was easy for me to forgive people or to not get so worked up about things. Whereas I saw like other people being so destroyed by a bad day or a bad situation or a bad conversation where I was like, oh, I, I've had so many hard conversations. I've already, like, I've had my world flipped upside down and a lot bigger than any of these things. And Mm -hmm. I got through it and I'm okay. And so I'm not going to let things just, you know, cripple me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like there was like that resilience. Um, I feel like there was just ability to embrace people where they were at and recognize that, we're all struggling with something, even if you don't see it. Um, so I feel like it gave me patience and understanding. Um, I don't know. I think the biggest one though was, was really just self-control. I, I think that the thing that helps me every day of my life is just that ownership of if I'm not happy, it's because a, some choice and it's always different with whatever situation it is. But there's always something that I can choose or I can change in order to be happy. And I don't have to be so reliant on the different situations that arise in my life. That's been the hugest one that I use literally every day of my life. Mm -hmm. Those are huge skills. And I I find it so funny sometimes because as parents, and I mean, I, I'm this too, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. We are such hypocrites because we expect our kids to show up better than us in this situation, right? Like, don't do what I do, do what I say, because you should treat other people nicely while you are, you know, in this high conflict divorce with their parent, you know, mm-hmm. and you are casting judgment and you are placing blame and you are, you know, looking at 
to taking this victim mentality and really playing these games that the kids see, but we expect you to do better than me. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. Okay. It's huge. Yeah. So a funny example. So I have a two-year-old and I realized one day I was like, I want like, I'm going to apply this to like everything. And I was like, do we expect our kids, you know, to clean and be so happy to do it? Like, Hey, will you clean this? And they jump up and be so happy to do it and just run over and clean. When every time when you are cleaning, like, do they see you modeling like that? You know, Oh, it's all good. So I like was really intentional. Like with my two-year-old, I was like, I never want her to see me being like upset if I have to clean up after her. Like if, mm-hmm. if she throws, like if, if she like spills something like, Oh, it's all good. We can clean it up. Like this is fixable. We, and so I'm like, it's incredible because what you just said, it will blow your mind how much you can apply that to actually everything. And if you start taking ownership of, okay, wait, do I expect myself to do that? Or is that just an expectation I have of them? And the more that we hold ourselves to that expectation and actually live it out, it would blow our minds how much our kids are so smart. And they, if they see you modeling it, they will like, they will take that on too. Huge. Cause they do what we do, right? Not what we say. And if we can yeah. start showing them those things like accountability, responsibility, respect, you know, teaching them how to have a curious mind instead of going right to judgment and just treating other people with kindness, even if they're different, or even if you have conflict, like it's okay to have different perspectives. I think it's so divorce. You're right. Is an opportunity to teach them all of those things in that really hard moment because you're actually going through it. And I love it when you said that, you know, your friends are getting into relationships and you're like, you know, I'm all like, I've done it. I've been through divorce already. You remind me of a conversation that I had with my kids. We were talking about like my daughter's in grade six, my son's in grade eight. We're talking about, you know, relationships and, you know, people liking each other. And, you know, I started talking to my son about like the way you treat girls. And he's like, oh no, I know mom, I saw you go through divorce with dad. I've learned how to, I should be treating a woman. Yes. <laughs> like, oh God. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Isn't that so funny that people, I mean, like, again, there it's, there's like these stats or this stigma or something about how like, oh, if your parents get divorced, you know, you will probably get divorced too. But I'm like, but it doesn't have to be that way. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. we technically like we've lived through that too. So mm-hmm. I love that he said that he was like, Oh, I know exactly. He's very clear. He's <laughs> like, I know what not to do. <laughs> yeah, good for him. That is so awesome. Yeah. And making it not a priority. Cause I think you're right. Like it's very different. Like the perspective of, you know, kids going through divorce, having seen relationships. And then also when you can start to model a healthy relationship for them. And I think a lot of times, you know, we forget that we're in these unhealthy marriages and that that is what they're learning from. So if we want to give them a chance to have a better relationship, have a better experience, a better model of what love and, re- and healthy relationships can look like, then we might want to reconsider where we're at or change how this is going so that we can mm-hmm. give them a better example. Um, yeah. And I just, I just love everything that you are doing. And I think it's so important, you know, to have your perspective. You have such a strong mindset and your ability to take so much positive out of such a difficult situation. I, my own mindset is like that too. I really feel divorce was a springboard for positive change in my life. And I really think it can be for so many. So as we wrap up, 
thank you so much for being here. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So our website, you can go to teensthrivingthrough.com. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, just teens thriving through is our handle and where you can find us. But yeah, I, these teens, like they really can use this as a springboard as well. Um, and it can strengthen your relationship with them. And one day they will thank you. If you can give them this opportunity, they will actually thank you for how much it blesses the rest of their life. Amazing, Tessa. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will see you soon on Instagram. I love your posts. I'm following you every day. I love it. It's awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Tessa. Good to see you. And thank you so much for being here. And everyone who is listening, I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.